guys. Welcome to episode 81 of CMD Towers Brews and Builds. I'm Mr. Commodore 5, and my fellow host has come to face a reality shift mm. from what could be Brews and Builds without me, yet I returned Big Tuck. Man, let me tell let me tell you. First off, hello, birds and allies. Pretty easy out the gates there. Um I never thought I'd see myself saying this, but you, Mr. Combo, welcome, welcome back. We we oh, missed we you. missed you and hi, just just tell it regale give us a quick regale of your but well before you do that I have another real quick announcement it sounds a little bit like this a little classic but give us a little like it's it you left here and it was like one of the uh, follow up to the coldest weeks on records <laughs> our our Correct. our hearts were cold. My brain was wet as usual. So just give us a 411. And here's, well, and for those who don't know, Mr. Combo, I think it's from your mom's side. You have generally tanner skin. For some, yes. comparative to someone who spends as much time inside and is from Kansas as, as you. <laughs> so you. 100%. But you also don't like sunburn easily, right? No. So I did actually burn. You did? Um, okay. Yeah, that that first day because I, I went a little ballsy. I only applied uh, sunscreen twice. I've been in the pool since like eight in the morning <laughs> until four or five in the afternoon, so that was a mistake. Um, it did hurt like hell. So what I'm doing right now, because people can't see me on cam, is I'm actually about to airdrop some photos, and you guys are gonna hear Big Tuck's reactions in real time of what my trip was like and uh, how much he hates it that he uh, stayed here in Kansas. Well, but now, that, now, now, to be, that. now to be fair, I didn't get an offer to go with you. I, I can't invite you anymore. Every time I invite you to go on a trip, you're always busy. That, now, okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, <laughs> I did. I did see. Uh, we did talk about because we got to do it semi live last week about the mystic remoras that were cleaning your disgusting feet. Love to see that on it. Love to see that on social media. Yeah, uh, <laughs> definitely didn't 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 send that. Uh, not not doing that here with the the photos. Uh, but while I get these pulled up. Crazy story. So I sunburned. Uh, we were there for for seven days, and you know my fiance, she's all about doing like the spa treatment stuff. And it's like, all right, whatever. It's like not my thing, but I'll do it with you. Really? Um, yeah. I, I just think massages are overrated. I, I was gonna say, have you like? I know uh, I'm I'm a massage guy, and from my understanding, you are not correct. Correct. I think they're a waste of money. <laughs> um, so. So uh, we we did, ended up doing this three and a half hour spa treatment. Uh, they they gave us our own private room with our own sauna, steam, and jacuzzi. Yikes! Uh, they did walked us through this whole thing. They even had a charcuterie board, champagne. It was amazing. Uh, so we sit down. First thing they do is give us a facial. Oh, that's nice. Feels good on my skin. Now we're on to the chocolate wrap because it's one of those body wraps. What they didn't put in the description is that it's a chocolate exfoliation followed by a wrap. So this lady is taking ground cocoa and scrubbing it on my back with my burn. I'm oh, legitimately oh, tearing down my oh face my as it's happening. But I'm like, don't be a bitch. Don't be a bitch. Don't be a bitch. Don't tap out. And then she has me roll over, does it to the front, and that's okay. Yeah. But then she wraps me in cellophane. And you know when you have a burn and your skin just feels it's hot? hot? Yeah. So... So she just got done scraping off all my skin, then wraps me. So then the heat is just unbearable. <laughs> Once again, tears going down my face, but don't puss out. Don't puss yeah. out. Um, and uh, the massage was fine. So uh, I, I did weep quite a bit. But Big Tuck 
I am now about to share you my screen. Oh, here we are. Okay. So here, here we go. Uh, we're going to go ahead and just share the whole kit and caboodle, the entire thing. Go live. Yeah. So can you see my screen? Uh, watch stream. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. All right. So this is photo from the boat. Nice. Lovely. That is a whale. That is a whale, whale reaching from the water. Uh, this better be all whales. Uh, just about. So I don't want to see you in any of these photos, Mr. Combo. I see you. I see I'm you right there. I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm right there. I don't want to see you in them. Yes, you do. All right. There, there's us again. Yeah. Another uh, whale. Another Another whale breaching. Another whale breaching. <laughs> and look at that shit. That's, That's an action shot. And, and, and basically and what we kept saying, every time we would see one of these whales breach, uh, what's that um, Oh, insurance company like Pacifica Life or something like that? Oh, with the, yeah. Or Pacific with the, Life? Yeah. yeah. So we just kept being like, oh, Pacific Life. Um, but no, it was great. We, we had breakfast yeah. by the ocean every day, uh, pods of dolphins, jumping stingrays. Uh, well, we, we did ride ATVs and horses through the desert and then down the now, beach. Now, they did give you, uh, they, now, please tell me that you did opt for the Crested Sun Mare package on the horse, correct? I don't know what that is. It's a, ma it's a, it's a, magic, it's a magic card that makes horses indestructible. Come on. What podcast oh, are you listening oh, that's to? that's right. Sorry, sorry. This is my first episode back. I got to get back into my nerdism. Uh, funny story about my horse, though. He was an asshole. Complete dick. Nice. Uh, hated my fiance's horse. Every time she would try to pass me, my horse would start bucking and start, like, galloping off like a jerk. So I'll never be riding horses again. It's but Big Tuck, I haven't talked to you in a magic world for a while. How are you? How is life with Mr. Bevers? It was great. Uh, our foreign correspondent delivered. I'm also currently enjoying a delicious GOB from our old pals, Rock Creek, an American IPA. I'm wearing my Rock Creek baseball cap. And to seal it off, I'm drinking out of my Rock Creek goblet um but no i'm good and what he didn't tell you is he is wearing his rock creek g shirt yes just throwing it out underneath there. the pants no i'm 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 good um just now we are now 30 five close wait no damon it is 35 yeah 35 35 days out from the move so um a lot of consolidation i think the biggest thing that happened to me this week uh outside of some pretty embarrassing uh footwear options i bought which we'll get into on action four news um so i got the i got the car right and you haven't seen it yet but it's been great i love it and I was driving over to my brother and sister-in-law's, which ended up being a complete nightmare, which we don't need to get into. Uh, it was just a horrible afternoon there on a Sunday. But as I was driving down this on the highway to get down there, I put it into cruise control because I'm obsessed. It has this eco feature where if you drive it a certain way, you can get 16 miles to the gallon instead of 14 miles to the gallon. So I've been working on that, and you feel like you're helping. Yeah, Derek. right. Like it's like that photo of like Jay Leno in the in the uh, in the denim jacket and pants in the nature with like a bunch of animals. So I was going on the highway and I hit in the cruise control and all of a sudden it went, ah! check engine light, track off. Another thing, I was like, what the hell is happening? And I was like, this is, it's it, like, I think Mr. I think Mr. Combo knew about all the, sh all the shit I'd go through with my last car, like weeks after I bought it. So I was like, it's happening again. Why is this happening? Um, so I pulled over and I looked it up and I, I solved it. And then today, this will this will be tangential as to how I solved it. Um, as I was, I filled it up for, with gas, and on the back of it, on the gas cap, I've never seen this before. 
and it says like explicitly on the gas cap tighten till one click or else yeah. you may see check engine light and what oh, I, i've never seen the warning message but i do see the do it until you hear right click. so i guess what happens is that if you don't click it all the way if you're driving it can get jostled and then your engine thinks that it has oxygen failure and puts on all the warning lights. Oh. so that was exciting <laughs> but, oh my gosh i could just imagine you being like one of the newest things I've ever bought in my life. One of the most things I've spent money yes. on in my life. Which, and it's crashing within. Which, and as, as Mr. Combo knows, I don't like spending a lot. I like spending money kind of in drips and drabs, right? Like, like yeah. going out for beers here and like contributing to the pot there. But I don't like spending big amounts of money. It actually gives me like horrible anxiety. And I didn't sleep like four days until I bought my car. And then oh imagine, my so imagine my restraint that I had to have not be like, <laughs> but uh, it's so it turns out uh, it's all good. But yeah, that's been my big uh, my big news of the week outside of just like packing stuff up. Um, what is it? Pack it out. Pack it in. Let me begin. I don't know what you're trying Isn't to say. Isn't that the intro to whoop or um, jump around? Pack it up, pack it in, uh, let me begin. In, let me begin. Oh yeah. Something, something, something. It's, it's a, a sin. It's a sin. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Um, I I also, we'll get into this in action for her, but there, there's a new product that's come out that, man, I don't want to break my promise and I still haven't, but I might have to. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for tuning to the episode, guys. And as always, with that Manolith commentary from Rich Chaos Record Studio is Squee McGee. Well, I don't know where a squee is. Maybe a wild squee will appear later in the episode. Nice. Wait, hold on. Can you do the Hunger Games whistle? Uh, remind me how that goes it's again. Like, it's like... It's like... And then, yeah, like, yeah, you're on track, and then one lower. Yeah. That doesn't sound right. I think it's close. Oh, all right. Yeah. Mr. Whistles. Oh, there you go. You know what's weird is I can only whistle in. I can't whistle out. What do you mean? Like, I actually suck air in when I Wait, whistle. Wait, really? Yeah. So so how people usually run out of air, I end up having too much air. Oh, then you're like, ah. explode. I have no idea. That's incredible. <laughs> well, if you guys want to support the CMD Tower team and <laughs> Mr. Commentary provides, <laughs> I guess, secret whistle skills. Our whistling uh, commentary. <laughs> As, as well as the other content we do, head over to our sponsor, level1gameshop.com. They do sell everything you need from a tabletop boarding, uh, gaming accessories, uh, dice, and all the things and the drips and the drafts. But the more important thing is they hook y'all SOBs up with monthly giveaways. Mm -hmm. As so you should be giving them a little cheddar on the side. And I know with a Time Spiral Remastered, you're going to have some cheddar to spin. Mm -hmm. So head over, hook them up. Another way to actually put dollars in the pocket so that way we can hit our goals as a, a content creators, be able to upgrade our equipment, be able to get USOBs more free stuff to hand out. Uh, head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash CMD Tower. And of course, one of the benefits you get with being a patron is you get a damn shout out on this filthy, dirty Woo! podcast. So Drew H, thank you. We, we love the support. Uh, I will now forever call you Drew. Yeah, like with an H yeah. with, with the W. Drew. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Oh, I'm it's here kind of like it. a horse. Yeah, absolutely. Or a crested sun mare that I just learned. 
<laughs> uh, we do have four different pledge levels from just a dollar a month to get access into the Discord, get entered into deck therapy, uh, be able to get your shout outs all the way up to our top tier, which we're giving you play match, you get sleeves, you get way more entries into the giveaways than everyone else. Uh, plus, you know, you get the squeak coin, the big tuck monarch yes. token. I mean, it's just like a whole slew treasure chest of goodies. But hey, if you can't do a monthly subscription, but you hear about these things or see it on a Twitch channel uh, and you want to pick one up for yourself, just head over to our store, cmdtower.com slash merch. We sell everything on there. Uh, as Big Tuck is moving, I feel like I should be secretly giving him merchandise to take with him. Not so he could hand it out, just to get it the hell out of my basement so I can free up space. I was going to uh, so talk, talk to you about that on the 26th. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so please buy it, buy it. Uh, the crazy thing is, I think we're about halfway out of our playmats. Wow! It only took 14 months. <laughs> I was going to say, so there's only 300 left. Well, playmats, we only got 50 left. No way, really? Sleeves, because I only got 100. The sleeves, though, that's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> we got those for days. Uh, but hey, guys, if you guys can't help out financially, just share the content you're watching and listening to because every little bit of interaction from the collective does help. And of course, thank you, Pink Royal, for the music in the beginning and the end. And T Coats, our awesome video editor that puts together these amazing YouTubes. I'm sure he's doing some, I don't know, weird GIF on YouTube right now of maybe like that one of, uh, oh, God, is it Bruno? Yeah, Bruno, where he's just like slinging around doing the helicopter. Oh. It's just that, but it's T Coats. Good Lord. Uh huh. <laughs> it got dirty real quick. I like it. Uh, and hey, guys, we got a new month, new giveaway. The guys didn't know what it is last week, and I could tell you now, but I'm going to make you wait. So, hey, stay tuned till the end. So, Bruce and Builds is our deck deck series. Since we conquered the paths of 32, we have moved on to the endless themes that EDH can bring us. Each month will be a new theme, and we correlate how these decks are constructed similar to how a beer is brewed. So, we broke it down into four different categories. The first one's rampant setting your board state. That's the grain bill. Yes, and grains are the foundation of every beer. They include both base malts and specialty malts, usually in a 60 to 40 ratio. And this helps with the color of the taste, and most importantly, the alcohol content of said beer. Decks always need ways to grow and stabilize and ramp into your bigger threats. And just like a grain profile, they usually mix a staple and specialty cards. And then the next thing to be, how does your board interact with all of your opponents? What's going on hands, board states, graveyards? We call that hops. And hops give the beer its patented bitterness and herbal flora flavors. They grow in a variety of strands, help to sing those subcategories like this GOB American IPA that has Citra, Columbus, and hops. And, or sorry, Citrus, Columbus, and Comet hops. Uh, which give it kind of this clean finish. Our hop choices help clear and interact with the board so your deck can do what it wants. G-O-B. Does that stand for God of Bitches? You know, I'm not... <laughs> <laughs> welcome, welcome to the Dude Cast. Uh, I, have no, I have no idea. There's a picture of a boat on this, so, I mean... Listen, get on boat. <laughs> yeah, might be. <laughs> and then the next is, how does your deck actually close out win games? Uh, apparently, this deck has a high win percentage. I don't see how. Uh, we call that yeast. Look, man, from you to Heliod's ears, man. Um, yeast are living microorganisms that eat the sugar from the grain and poop out alcohol and CO2. It adds alcohol content to carbonation. Without yeast, you'd be drinking flat sugar water. Without yeast cards, your deck wouldn't meet the goal of winning the game. And then we have shenanigans. These can be pet card synergies that are in the deck that are just kind of fun. I'm surprised this deck doesn't have more. We call that spice. Yes, and not every beer has them. The spices and other additives help separate a normal stock beer from a specialty one. It could be the special. It could be the pepper that turns into stout into jalapeno stout, or the additions of hops that turn an IPA into a double IPA. Not every deck has something that makes it pop, but if it does, is where we're talking about it. 
And then to seal off the episode, we have a bottle capping. These are gonna be big textonized cuts and adds to the deck that are gonna be under $5, under 50 bucks, and a no budget recommendation, uh, which, you know, maybe I'll get Big Tuck to do today. Um, it just can't be mana only lands because we're not degens. Or wait, are we? <gasps> so without further ado, let's get brewing. So the scene started without me. Yes. But damn sure it ain't gonna continue without me. <laughs> We are in Voltron <laughs> Yeah! And uh, Big Tuck here has some bros he wants to introduce, introduce us to. My bros! In the, the Bird and the Bro, Bruce Tarl and Ishai. The classics. Ujijawi Speaker? Uh, yes, Ojitai, I believe it is. Dragon, Dragon Speaker, yes. Ojichai. Oja, 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 not gonna work here. Uh, <laughs> yes, so yes, bring it back! <laughs> um, also... How did you come up with this... Jeskai deck and your story you're about to tell. It is. So just just to, you know, bury the lead here, um, we also have a new bit I'm trying to work in called hashtag woodwork, which I think is what we're gonna use whenever we make a phallic reference. So hang tight. Um but this is my this is my um Jeskai partner deck. So I think uh, I built this originally out of parts when I bought all of the partner commanders. I think it was 2016, the Traxa year. Yep. So um, it has two boys in it. My uh, bird boy, which is Ishai, Ojitai, Dragon Speaker, two colorless, and Azorius, that's white and blue, for a 1-1 legendary creature bird monk. It's a mythic. Um, flying, whenever an opponent casts a spell, put a 1-1 counter on Ishai, uh, Ojitai, Dragon Speaker. It's got partner. The great teacher's voice will <laughs> rattle this world. So, um, also, you weren't here last week. I it, there's a lot of voice work in the flavor text, and I forced Squee and Bevers to read every single card in flavor text. I thought you'd be happy. Good for you. Yeah. Good for um, you. And then the second card in here is effectively what I would do if I would ever do to succumb and be a loser that does MTG cosplay because this looks like me with a mustache. Um, Bruce Taro, Boris Herder, uh, two colorless and Boros. That's a uh, red and a white. He's a three, three legendary creature, human ally, which used to matter, but it doesn't matter for me anymore. Cause that deck is atrocious. Whenever uh, Bruce Taro, <laughs> Boris Herder enters the battlefield or attacks target creature, you control gains double strike and lifelink until in a turn. So this, there's a bit in this, there's a bit in this podcast that I'd like to bring up while I can. And sometimes it's hard to, it's hard to like, Put the you know tie the knots together um but this deck if it was a beer it would easily be a hams or a schlitz it's an old man okay. beer i've had this deck for forever it doesn't hold up with the current meta but it still gets the job done so it's kind of shocking okay. it which adds up right it's it's kind of shocking that I, we were talking before the cast I've had this deck for probably four or five years, and I probably have cut maybe six or seven cards out of it. Um, this actually this actually turned out, I built a $150 Narset deck that honked, and my, um, my biggest claim to fame with that one was, there was this douchebag who was like this big country guy in Chicago, here we are, um, who he said he like wanted to fight me and then later spilled a, uh, a natty light all over my prosh deck, which is why I have it double sleeved and dragon shields. Yeah, it was oh upsetting. But anyways, he was playing this like three thirteen hundred dollar like total internet deck tech Esper build and I crushed him with this Narset deck. But the problem with Narset is like, it's kind of narrow. It doesn't really do much. And 
I thought it'd be fun to do a partner's deck. So, um, honestly, this deck might as well just be called uh, Ashai with the ability to get Double Strike and Lifelink from the Command Zone, because pretty much that's how it is. Um, it, it, yeah. It's kind of like a voltron -y build. It, um, it's kind of been one of my favorite decks to play because it, it has a good amount of control, had a good amount of ramp, wins in the red zone like fairly consistently, and kind of it's kind of a deck where it's like, well, I'm not drunk enough to play a dumb deck, but I'm too drunk to play like a deck that I'm gonna have to think about. So I'm gonna play this. Um, and it's been it's been really weird. Uh, there was a run there where I kind of had a gazillion different sub themes. And this deck isn't quite decks of girlfriends past as some of my old ones, but there are some leftovers where I kind of wanted to go, okay, if Ishai gets too expensive to cast, then I need a backup for all this um, Voltron pieces and maybe they can swing it in. Um, mm -hmm. I think I think that this deck also was one that I've I played I played enough where I want to keep it together, but uh, it's also been something where it's been I can't it's been like scalvaged, right? So there were probably okay. a bunch of cards in here that I might have ripped out and put in other decks as I was building them. But uh, again, it's very strange where it's like this deck just kind of wins often. <laughs> like I can't explain it. Yeah, I can't explain it either. Um, well, first off, your mana base is way the hell yeah. off. Uh, it's, it just just by a bit, but I am proud of you. I, I was almost like, I know I've seen this deck. Is this competitive? Because your CMC is 317, and it's like, oh no, this is borderline okay. That that was actually shocking to me, seeing the 317. And I think because this deck, in similar to Scope, and it's we talked about this on the last cast, how it's kind of funny how we went from decks that need their commander to function to Voltron, which is also effectively decks that need their commander to function. <laughs> um, and I think there's... But here could be the difference, though, and you'll see this a lot in my uh, deck tech for my Voltron one here in two weeks, is... I think if you build a Voltron deck right, you can actually, to me, Voltron just means one creature yeah. has to get yes. fully loaded with stuff and swing. It doesn't necessarily mean you need 21 command damage. That's just the easiest yeah. route to go. But I've had times in my Voltron deck where my commander gets eliminated and she eventually costs eight, nine, 10. And it's like, okay, let's now pivot to these other creatures mm -hmm. and start loading up and then I'll go. Yeah, totally. And then I think like to your point about the mana base, you can tell this was a deck that I built before I even cared about it because guess what? Four islands, four mountains, four plains. Um, and I'll also say, I wrote down a note here where it's like, I don't remember this much white ever being in the deck. I thought this was mostly a blue and red deck. I was wrong. Um, and the problem with that is like, these these just guys colors kind of suck because there's no cheap yeah. efficient mana fixing in them that you have in like white blue especially like uh blue red and white red they don't have those like mm -hmm. uh tango lands they don't have yeah. uh, the check lands from um uh what is that oh, uh shadows of an innistrad so um i think there's a lot of things that i could do that literally just take me the time to swap out Plains and mountains, or islands and mountains for plains, um, and maybe go yeah. from there. But yeah, so like I said, it's it, this is this has been one I've had for a really long time. But it, it like it continues to work. It continues to kind of have blowout games. I don't know. Yeah. Well, uh, let let's get into this, and maybe you can explain it a little bit sure. better to me. We can go through this. Let's start with the grains and Big Tuck. I'd like you to start it being your deck. 
What's your first grain card? So, oh, and spoiler, everyone, uh, all of my grains are actually yeast because Big <laughs> Tech doesn't know how to do our own podcast, and we'll get to that. Uh, there's a few ones in here that are kind of weird, and I think I have a couple where I'm like, I can kind of see this go a bunch of different ways, um, which I think is one we're going to match on. But the first one I want to talk about is uh, yet another uh, squeak. Can't hear this, but you can suck it. Or if I mean, or we, we have to have a new one, like hashtag mana bent or mana lesser something with mana lift right Mm, yeah but this one collective get on that yeah you you guys figure this out we're too busy drinking ourselves to death um so this one this card used to be like 12 dollars, and i think i had in prosh but i think it's kind of an interesting mana lift it's a relic of past and we were talking about coalition relics. So three colorless uh, for an artifact. It's rare, hovering about five dollars, which sucks because I think I got three of these for like ten back in the day and thought it was a deal. Ooh. Yeah, I know, right? Um, so it taps mana, mana lith. Add one mana of any color to your mana pool. Tap, put a charge counter onto coalition relic at the beginning of your pre-combat main phase. Remove all charge counters from coalition relic. Add one mana of any color uh, to your mana pool for each counter removed this way. So this is a weird. Sorry, go ahead. I just want you to explain really quick why do people call this ramp? So I think it I think this kind of depends on the deck it's in, right? So in reality, what this deck wants to do, and I have a my my expensive cut will feed into this better than any card in the entire deck, right? The reason why is because you can you can play this card on you can play this turn three, right? Charge it load a charge charge it it, and then the next turn bin it off cast your commander and then have one floating potentially for a counter spell removal that sort of stuff so i think the reason why this is a why they call this like pseudo ramp is because it gives you that ability if you're playing into an instant heavy kind of reactionary deck right which this one which this one there's i have some thoughts on this later which we'll get into um this one isn't exactly that but i think the reason why it's still in here is because this was before phil war i like i have phil warstone i don't think i have an arcane signet or i do actually I, like would you put the new uh skyclave one in here over this probably probably yeah okay but All right. it, at least you're not off your rock. But it's kind of like, it, it, but I kind of feel like at that point, it's like, it's like six of one, half of a dozen of another one, right? We're like, but isn't Sky, Skyclave's one that you can kick and you get three indestructible mana lists. Right. But that doesn't help you in the early game where I need, I need the early game more than the late game with that one, which is why I think, which okay. is why, which is why I think Coalition Relic has worked in this and doesn't work in other decks. So that makes sense. So I guess, you know, I, I think it's fine. Sure. Um, at least you didn't have GD Manolith in here. <laughs> no, because I'm not a uh, psychopath. And I, yeah, and I guarantee you Squee is just going to bleep us out. It'll be a bit. Um, so here's my issue with the thought process behind that. I think that works in constructed where you're going to have four of, and so the likelihood it's going to be in your opening yeah. and or next three draws is higher. Being a one of, I'm not a big fan like Soul Ring is the one exception in Mana Crypt because it's so powerful to pay one in net an additional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that I think circumvents that. But it's the same argument I have with you at Gemstone Caverns. If it's not in your opening hand, it doesn't do shit. Yeah. And same thing with Coalition Relic. If this isn't in your opening hand or next two or three draws to that turn three, 
what did it really do for you? And so I would almost rather say, okay, yes, that ability is nice, but what's what's more likely? I'm going to get it in the first 10 cards or I'm going to get it probably cards 12 through 16. Yeah. And at that point, would I rather have, uh, you know, with the new mana rocks ways to, oh, well, now I got all this extra mana. I don't have much to do yeah. with it. I'll get net out three or go get yeah. something else. So that, that's kind of where I feel like Coalition Relic and Commander I, I would say it's budget, but it's four freaking Well, it used to be, like I said, it used to be a zillion, right? So, but yeah, I... So, yeah. It's, yeah, I think just to, to kind of put it on there, I think it's just a card that has now been outclassed by others. I could see how this maybe does something in some decks. Like, if you're desperate in Boros, you're probably running everything yeah. you can. But probably blue does have a little blue has a little bit of ramp or at least way to draw cards right. to get you into your other stuff. So I think there's a better choice for the deck. But if you've seen success with it, I wouldn't be mad for you. It's been, it, like I, I like there's been times where I got it and it's exactly what I needed at the right time. There's other times where I've drawn it later game and it's like this card might as well be flavor text. There you yeah. go. All right. So for my first one is the first of three <laughs> yeast cards that are masquerading as greens. <laughs> Clearly, he uh, casts a Dryad Arbor on these just to uh, trick us. So uh, it's a big giant warrior. He gets you equipment. Are you sure he's not a barbarian? Positive. We're talking about Stone Hewer Giant. Ooh, sure. Three colorless white, white creature giant warrior. It has vigilance. Uh, it's a 4 4 for around $4. Um, you can pay one and a white tap, search your library for an equipment card, and then put it onto the battlefield, attach it to a creature you control, then shuffle your library. Huh, Tuck, why would you call that a green? Uh, I'm sorry, is that card? Is that all that card? And you want to get out, because uh, you want to get out big equipments and throw them on your creatures wh wh whenever you want, and then kill people. Oh, wait, that's exactly what Stone Hero Giant is, because you could swing, no blocks, okay, tap them, you're dead. Ah, uh, is that? The goddamn yeast are you card. Are you sure that, that the uh, card is done after that or is there maybe some like italics at the bottom i'm not sure then shuffle your life oh jesus <laughs> welcome to the new world welcome to, welcome to prison build 2.0 no matter how strong wow an unarmed fighter is no more than a fool that's incredible I'm trying to do a little that's right. really yeah little that's, re that's really good mr combo i gotta give you credit anybody want to peanut <laughs> so anyways uh, I hate that movie, that, but that is a funny line. <laughs> so, uh, I also don't like that movie. Granted, I've never really watched it all the way. You're not missing much. So, uh, back, to, back to Stone Hero Giant. Uh, five mana is a grain. It better be doing a hell of a lot for you. Doesn't do anything even when it comes in. Uh, this is absolutely a yeast card. Masquerading is a grain. Because I could see your argument to where you can then go get equipments like a sort of a thing that can go get a land. I don't want to ruin a pick if that's one of yours. Sort of the Animus. Uh, but it's not doing anything other than let me get the equipments I need to kill you right now at instant speed. So it's so, so it is so the reason why I there's there's a few ones that I really struggled with. One that's my next pick, which I guarantee is one of yours. Um, oh, I know. Yeah, <laughs> guaranteed it. And the problem is when I play these, it's either because. <clears throat> Usually how the deck usually how the deck flows is I get uh, a shy out very quick and often, right? And a lot of people don't do mm -hmm. anything about them until he gets six counters or eight counters or something like that on him, right? 
And then okay. by then, I've already kind of drawn the cards I need, used my removal and stuff like that. And a lot of times this card and another redacted card can go get something that can either protect them, can kind of get them through the red zone, can kind of ramp me out a little bit. And that's why to me, Giant it still kind of feels like a green because it's still effectively, this to me is still kind of a draw card, right? I don't run that. I'm, I, this deck is kind of like your your build in in which there's not a ton of draw in it, and cards like this sure. will go draw me the thing that I need to continue my plan, not necessarily win the game. But I can also see the counter argument when I'm not. I'm, not, I'm gonna go get. You, so that's like that's the hollow argument for it. But when this comes down, usually it also just gets killed immediately, and I don't get to use it. So. <laughs> So it sounds like it's more like a hops because it's a deterrent from your it's, commanders. Yeah, it's first. all over the place. And honestly, I kind of went fast and loose with the grain section because I didn't want to stop to talk. You about, didn't have a lot. I didn't want to talk about arcane signet for the seventeenth time. So I don't have a discourse around it. Um, yeah. So yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Well, what. What's your next great let's just, card? Let's just do uh, it. Is, let's is, just do it. Is it a is is it a combo piece or a god? Uh, I think it's a I think it is a combo piece in a different deck. I don't think it's a combo piece in this one, but it is a nope because you're missing the card. Yeah, of course. Why so would it pisses me off. Three, two, one. Go to Bandit Bandit Lord. Lord. Woo! The hell is wrong with you? <laughs> Five colorless red legendary creature human barbarian. You have to suffer through that from that, this that is range. fine. When when Gondo Bandit Warlord enters the battlefield, you may search your library for an equipment card, put it on the battlefield. If you do so for your library, whenever Gondo attacks for the first time each turn, untap it and old samurai you control. After this phase, there's additional combat phase. So I don't I don't own Helm of the Host. Actually I own one, but it's in the Hisaison Damar deck where it's way better. But with this card. This was really hard because, to me, I feel like this card is effectively a Planeswalker in this deck. And we've talked in the past that Planeswalkers kind of have a weird, hard-to-categorize ability to them, right? Where, depending on what ability you use, they could be a hops, a green, or a yeast, or whatever. And for Godo, there's been times where, like, yeah, he goes and gets um, redacted infect ability, out of my graveyard and it's just over, right? But there's also times where he goes gets redacted sword of Naya um, as well. So for me, Godo plays this sort of he, he plays this thing where it's like if if you're I guess so so let, this is the way I would sum if I was gonna concisely summarize it. <laughs> no, no, keep going. Stone here giant Godo Bandit Warlord, both are as effective as you are in the game. If you need them to go get grains or hops pieces, they can do it. But if you need them to go pull up yeast pieces, they can also do it. And I've seen them, I've seen them both succeed and fail in both cases, in all cases. So I think here's the thing. Um, a modal card, they are. Yes, we love those here. The let's, yeast cards. Let's be honest here. We, we love, yeah, we love them. Yeah, we are modal.cast. <laughs> um, but modal cards, they are game winners, they be. Because in any deck, those cards are being used to win the game. Like nine times out of 10. Just because you have this loose interpretation <laughs> where it's like, well, they could get me a sword of the animus. 
Like, okay. Like, I, I could use, because I'm not fucking talking about it, uh, Enlightened Tutor. I could use Enlightened Tutor to go get a Sword of the Animus. Right. Does it, that, uh, just Jesus. So, I I wanted to cut the card because it made me so angry that you didn't have Helm of the Host. Godo! It made me want to add Godo. And then it made me want to add Helm of the Host just to stick it to you. And I didn't do either. And I'm I'm having stomach ulcers now, right now, now because of it. To be fair, to make you to make you sleep better tonight, Mr. Combo. I believe every time I've cast Godo, I've won the game the turn or the next turn. Jesus. I was right, I got I got, I got, I got wet brain. I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> Alright. Well, All right. as you guys can see, we've talked about two yeast cards that I've picked. We're now on to the last yeast card. And just because you can scry one in this deck, it's a yeast card. Thassa, God of the Sea. What the hell is wrong with you? I, yeah. Two colorless blue, legendary enchantment creature god. It's indestructible. If your devotion's less than five, it's not a creature. The beginning of your oh upkeep is cry one. Cool. Hey, Tuck, I know this is my card. What's its activated ability say? Uh, she might pay one colorless and a blue dark creature control. Can't be blocked this turn. Uh, what are you trying to do in a Voltron? I would rage against kill people. And how do you do that? Probably by combat damage. Oh, okay. And so if your creature can't be blocked, that means your combat damage goes through. All right, right? this is okay. I'm a man enough to I'm a I'm a man enough to admit that this is an error. I will say I, I will I will say this. It was very difficult because most of the times when I have cast this card, either due to incompetence or alcohol consumption, I forgot it has a second ability. So it's so oh, and and as we kind of talked about earlier, how Voltron doesn't mean it has to be your commander. Yes, yes, She's a five, a GD, five, 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 five indestructible. I was gonna say, I, I was gonna say also, she turns into a blocker all the time, uh, which also would probably be a hops. Yeah, this is look. I I, I got I got to say, you're you're 100 correct on on all fronts, except for the upkeep in Scry One, which is what I usually forget to use it for, except for everything else. Oh, I was about to say, because, so, uh, I mean, honestly, I usually forget to use Thassa in general. Yeah, yeah, I just draw a card, and I'm like, yeah, fuck, yeah. I forgot to scribe. Yeah, well, no, okay, so, with that being said, I do think that this is a underlooked card, and I think it's the exact reason why you just said it, right? It has effectively three abilities. One, block anything on the ground. Another one, yeah. smooth out your draws and also enhance your combat steps. And I think a lot of people play this or don't play it and kind of forget about one or all of those abilities, right? Like a good example, I think, uh, would be my Zer deck in which I mostly just run it because I can fetch it up with Zer. But then a lot of times I forget where it's like yeah. I can attack or Zer can just attack every turn for two. I mean, no, it could be because of her price point, but she is only in 4% of decks that run blue. Really? She is almost $14. Yeah, which is like, so. and this is it, like, I don't, would you spend $14 on a Thassa? I wouldn't. I, unless you, I mean, unless you absolutely like, needed it for a deck. Yeah, I, I would only do it for flavor. Like, my god deck, of course, I was going to get yes. a Thassa for it, because it's a, it's well, a you god. Also spend, um, you also spend, I would wager to guess, $50 on the unreadable version of it, correct? Uh, no, I think this is uh, the uh, secret layer. Ooh, nice. 
Yeah. There it is. All right, Tuck, round it out. All right. What's your last grain? And it better be an I think this is an actual grain. grain, but I think this card isn't potentially good. So I have like a zillion copies of this card, and this is one of the... There was three Planeswalkers that I ran into when I first started playing Magic in China. One was Vraska the Unseen, which I still think claps, or honks, if you will. Yep. One was Xenagos Reveler, which I also think honks. And then I think this card, I think Jace Architect of Thought probably has been outclassed. So Jace Ar Architect of Thought is two colors, two blue. For legendary Planeswalker Jace, it's a Mythic for 61 cents, because Mythics don't make any sense. Comes in with four loyalty and has four or three abilities rather. Plus one until your next turn. Whenever a creature an opponent controls attacks, it gets minus three, minus zero until end of turn. Minus two, minus one, minus zero. Yes, thank you. Um, and then minus two is reveal the top three cards of your library. An opponent separates those into two piles. Put one into your hand and one on the bottom of your library. Minus eight for each player. Search that player's library for a non-land card. Exile it and then that player shuffles the library, you may cast that card without paying its mana cost. So this was a card I think I have and now tapped out has like their inventory doesn't work, so I don't know. But I think there's a time in my life where I had like six copies of these in these index. Ooh, that's even a little high for me. Mostly mostly just because I like I like factor fiction. I think it's it's one of my favorite cards that's ever been printed. And I like the fact that it kind of involves other people. The problem with this card now is like I'm never going to get to plus eight in this deck. Like, I can get to plus eight no. super friends, right? As you can as well. The plus one doesn't do anything. So, effectively, what I'm paying for is four to minus two twice, which is, well, which I still like. Look at it this way. I, th I think it's good. And if that's the reason it's in the deck is for that, then I will allow it to be a grain. But that the negative to a Voltron deck is usually you don't have lots of creatures on right. the board. You're always turning sideways, and so you're always open for attacks. And so I do think the plus one could potentially that's true, save that's you, true. especially since go wide is such a thing that you could pay four plus one, put them to five, and maybe that shaves off ten damage. Right, next, right, right. You know, rotation. I mean, that's that's not nothing to sneeze at. So yeah, yeah, and this is this is like a card. I ironically it was printed in a dual deck with Vraska and I have these are two of my favorite planeswalkers so you know what what can that do so well, I, I, it's not the best card in the world but for 61 cents and as a as a becoming planeswalker horror as you are, are a full-on red light planeswalker horror I still oh, kind of yeah. like it in the deck I'm not I, I be cutting it all right well I think that's gonna wrap up the grain section now we're gonna head over to the hops and I'm gonna kick this off with one of my favorite white removal cards. Not what you think though. It's a little buggy boy. We're talking three, two, one, dark seal mutation. Love this yeah, card. Uh, colorless white enchantment aura, enchant creature. Enchanted creature is a zero one insect artifact creature <laughs> with indestructible and loses all other abilities. Infinitely powerless. So, I love this because I love trans. I love ways to manipulate with other people's commanders. This does that in spades. Um, but if you even take that out of it, you know, like Kenrith's Transformation, great card. I like that. It even draws you a card, which is nice, uh, which I'm usually allergic to. But you can easily block with it. It dies. And if it's your commander, you can recast it. If it goes to the graveyard, you could resummon it. This, it's indestructible. 
what are they yeah. gonna, they just block for days i guess um and uh, i mean the worst thing that could ever happen to you is that you dark seal mutation someone's thing and they're able to figure out how to make it humongous and then yeah, right. big yeah exactly you can't deal with uh but that, that's few and far between so i think for three dollars it's it's i think it's priced right because it is extremely powerful it doesn't exile from the board but i think this is probably the next best thing you can mm -hmm. do next to an exile because i think this is even better than shuffling the creature in the library yeah. there's so many ways to tutor nowadays so i completely agree um this shuts down non-combat commanders pretty quick like if you put this on like a nekazar for example or uh Zerus, oh, yeah. it's bad news and i one thing in the deck that I'm still kind of trying to figure out the like the zig or zag of is auras versus equipments. But there's cards oh, there's gotcha. cards like open the armory that can go get either, and that kind of turns that card into something that can that can also be a removal spell. Um, and to your point, it's only been printed three times: Commander 2013, Anthology, and then Booster. So that makes sense why it's so expensive. There you go. All right, Tuck, what is your first? So I thought this was the one you're going to talk about because I know you, I, th I don't think you run O-Ring in any of your decks. No, but if you, no. but if you do or are interested in it, you should just be grasping for a better card because sure. we are talking about our old pal Grasp of Fate. Colorless white white. Um, when Grass of Fate enters the battlefield, for each opponent, exile up to one target non-land permanent that player controls until Grass of Fate leaves the battlefield. So I think this was this deck has gone through some changes insofar as I did a bunch of auras and aura tutors. It was kind of like enchantment. It was kind of like enchantment wild, you know what I mean? It had all these sure. different areas to it. And I think this is one that still holds its weight. For three mana, you are getting rid of three of the worst permanents on your opponent's boards. Indestructible doesn't matter. Um, phasing doesn't matter, I guess, if you care about that. Um, Hexproof and Shroud still matter. But the fact that for three mana, it's a, usually a three for one for me. Still, even though I don't have a lot of enchantment play around, this card really does a lot of work. Yeah, I see it get played a lot. I don't think I own a single copy really? of it or played in a single deck or have even thought about playing it in a single deck because I don't also I don't play Oblivion Ring. That's fair. Or uh or uh yeah, it's Or Journey to Nowhere. I know it's Yeah, I know it's really good. Now Journey to Nowhere, I know that you can make broken right. and make it to where their shit always stays in exile forever, which I like, <laughs> but never done it. Uh, is this not your but, is this yeah, not your enchantress your uh band enchantress deck? Uh, if it came in the deck, maybe oh, it's Oh, no, sir, it did not. Okay, then it's definitely not. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I know it's good. The three-for-one's great. I think I've seen more of my deck-building style go to the targeted removal, mm -hmm. targeted spells, um, and even targeted damage than the go-wide. Right. And I don't know if that's because I'm getting more, like, Maybe my mindset is going to that competitive side, and it's like, oh, I don't want to do a board wipe. I want to take care of this, this one, opponent's this, stuff. This one problem here, as opposed yes. to these three problems there. Yeah. Or including myself in that wipe. Mm. So maybe Grasp of Fate is one that I need to consider because it is kind of the thought of 
targeted on each opponent, and that's really yeah. good. But um, I can see why you need it in this deck because Jeskai needs all the help it can get. Dude, I, yeah, I don't like Jeskai. Like, it probably goes in, in color combos. It goes probably like uh, Nyla, uh, Naya, 100%, my least favorite. Jeskai is right now. Right, they're like kissing cousins. Really? You, you, you dislike those more than Boros? Three color combinations. Oh, okay, okay. About to say, don't get crazy. <laughs> yeah, look, like, look, let's like no. It goes Celestia, Boros, Naya, Jeskai, probably. Oh God, mine's uh, mono red. <laughs> then all this. <laughs> the funny thing is, I actually enjoy playing mono white, considering I have two two decks. Oh, that's it. right. I froze you. Um, I know. I'm a psychopath. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, my second one, Modern Horizons. You know, I'm obsessed with it. And it. a lot of people were worried about the new sword cycle, but I feel like they did a good job making these not as overpowered as the originals. So Sword of Sinew and Steel, I think is a pretty smart choice for the deck. Yeah. Um, and I'll kind of go into why. So it's three colorless artifact equipment mythic, sitting around 10 bucks. Uh, equipped creature gets plus two plus two and has protection from black and red. Whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, destroy up to one target planeswalker and up to one target artifact equipped for two. So, yes, the second effect is I get why you have it more for probably the hops. You're getting rid of the, the issues. And the nice thing about it is it doesn't have to be a artifact or planeswalker that that player mm -hmm. controls that you dealt damage to, which is usually how the old sword cycle right. works. The reason I actually think it's really smart is because when you do Voltron, you have to know either I'm gonna have to recast my commander or creature a billion times because people are gonna get rid of it. And eventually I'm gonna get outmaned out or I, it's gonna hit the board and I have to protect it. Black, number one removal color and magic. Red, number one damage color yeah. that you can deal direct to creatures in magic. Um, and so giving either Bruce or Ashai that protection from the colors is gonna make it to where the removal piece, now yes, it does pr protect it from the blocks as well, but I'm not so focused on that piece just because, in my opinion, I don't really see a whole lot of Rakdos decks flowing around or mono red or mono black. It's usually three right. colors or more, or they have one of the colors. So they'll probably have blocks. And, and to your, and to uh, your point, the fact that Ashai comes in with flying, which is one of the best evasions in the game, it's, it's not yeah. as important to give her protection from or, just, yeah, right or whatever yeah so yeah i think this is a very smart play considering i assume you cracked this you didn't buy it well well mr combo uh i would love to tell you but because tapped out has officially sucked now i can't tell you how many copies of this i own i think i cracked one and i think i might have bought one or the other um but mm. i don't i honestly don't know and i just knew that I would rather you're 100 percent agreement in all of you, right? And mostly it's kind of mostly it's for like the the quick pump. Bajan's nice; it doesn't really matter. It can get through demon decks, I suppose. But <laughs> being able to deal damage to a player and also destroy a planeswalker that they have is really really powerful. And I, I think that that I think for like you said for the money you get a lot out of this comparative to a lot of the other swords of X and Y. Yeah, and you know what we didn't even hit on? The fact that it destroys a Planeswalker when you hit the player 
usually that's the advantage of having a planeswalker is oh if they want to attack they can't hit me if they are worried about my planeswalker this is like i'm gonna give you the uh the, the middle hot dogs and I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna do both i want them both all right tuck what is your dope so card? this was a card that i yelled at squee about last week and i i'm still i think i'm trying to focus more on equipment in this deck rather than auras but there's okay. a totem armor card in this deck that is so worth the money. It's worth everything. So we are talking about Hyena Umbra. Because, uh, all right, the Hyenas in, in um, Lion King are like, ah, I don't want to do it. So Hyena Umbra, <laughs> one, one white for an enchantment aura. It's a common enchant creature. Enchant creature gets plus one, plus one, and has first strike. And then most importantly, totem armor. If enchanted creature would be destroyed, instead remove all damage from it and destroy this aura. So to me, I feel like the... Um, this card is like this the ceiling floor on it are almost equal insofar as for one mana i'm pumping my commander by one for commander damage it has first strike yep. so adios drakes like just out the gates like you're gonna lose every single time and then third this gives it board wipe protection gives it like spot removal it takes it out of lightning bolt range like sorry um if i if i will um Hero's Downfall, a better murder, you know, that oh, sort of yeah. stuff. So hey, hey, yeah, like, so that's not get crazy. So the the original run of this deck had a lot more of these low cost enchantments and ran like Saram and like one or two of the other enchantresses draw abilities. But then I realized that as soon as they killed my commander, aka Ashai, then it's I don't I'm not gonna run a return artifact or return. Mm -hmm auras from the graveyard but i think hyena Umbra is one of the ones where for one mana you get so much value out of it yeah i mean there could be an argument though to run that um oh it's heliod's something it's that land uh taps for colorless and then you could tap it for i think something in a white and you get to return an enchantment card from your graveyard to the top oh, of the oh yeah 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 so, I mean, if you wanted to go that route, I think there is a way to do that. But that's usually why I'm anti-enchantments, auras, because of the fact that, oh, I lose my creature. I also lost all the stuff exactly. I put on there. Well, I guess I'm out. And, I'm out, and, and now about six so, no. turns, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And no, I think this is a fine card. It's one mana. It protects your commander and buffs it and gives it first strike. And it's 37 cents. <laughs> right. you, can't, you can't argue that. Totally. All right. On to the last card. One of the more expensive cards you have in the deck. And I love this card because sometimes I just don't want people to do shit on my turn. Like, leave, me, leave, me, leave me the hell alone. And Grand Abolisher is like the bouncer at my house that when it's my turn to use the potty, he doesn't even let you in the door. So for white, white, creature, human, cleric, and a cool $19, you get a 2-2. Two -two, that says, during your turn, your opponents can't cast spells or activate abilities of artifacts, creatures, or enchantments. Your superstitions and mumblings are useless chaff before my righteousness. Nice. Uh, and I do believe there was a day in time, Big Tuck, you argued with me to pull this from one of my decks for some other card <laughs> that kind of did the same thing, but didn't it didn't affect the activate abilities portion, uh, which is the part that's, I think, the that, big that, deal about That would have been cutting this in your god stack for a Dragon Lord Dramoka, I believe. 
Oh, yep. There yes. we go. There we go. So I love this card yeah. because here's here's what a reaction player is going to do, knowing that you're playing Voltron. Uh, if you're playing this on turn two, you're not a good magic player. Um, you, you you drop this down late game because basically what your opponents usually want to do is they a let's see what Tuck's going to do on his turn. When he goes to combat, who's he going to swing yes. at? Then I will figure out if I want to waste my resources. With a Grand Abolisher, you have to make all of those decisions before the player to your right's turn is over. Because once you start, it does not yeah. matter what happens. They cannot get around this. Because uh, I don't think there's a single thing outside of having... Um, this split, sec split the, second uh, doesn't even get around this. No, 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 because it's a spell. Uh, it would be a Planeswalker with the uh, Teferi emblem that you can act right, yeah. on each turn. That is literally the most convoluted <laughs> way that you could interact with someone on their turn. Uh, but I would just like, oh, I got my Grand Abolisher, pass the turn. And it's like, do you guys want to do anything with Ishai? She only has three plus one plus one counters on it. Knowing in your hand, you have all this gas exactly. that you could just... Who is the problem player? I'm going to kill you. And for those fledgling magic players out there, when I was younger, I would just run this out turn two every single time without even worrying about it, right? Right, oh yeah, it's gosh. such an error. Whereas now it's like, I feel like a shy comes down turn four, turn five, hypothetically, abolisher, maybe something else. And then now, like you said, this card is a modal card, right? Do you want to kill the Abolisher? Or do you want to kill the thing that the Abolisher is helping? And if if yeah. there's one card for two mana that's going to force someone into that big of a decision, it's worth every penny. Now, that being said, would I pay $20 for this card now? No. No, <laughs> no shot. Uh, unless, you were in a, unless you were in a competitive yes. deck, because this is basically silence, correct? Mm -hmm. Like silence is the one? Like yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah. So, and when you, when people see silence on the stack, they're like, "Holy crap!" Do we counter it? Because I feel like they're about to go off. Literally, that's what I see when I see Grand Abolisher come out. It's like, uh, okay. Ho hopefully, yeah. we don't die. F six, so, as they call in Moto. Yeah. Great pick. I know you did. I know you didn't pay twenty dollars no. for it. You probably picked it up for like two. Yeah, bucks. probably less than less than five. All right, Tuck, what's your last? So I'm ending hops the same way I ended grain with another Planeswalker. And this is a weird one. Nahiri. She, she's an odd She's ball. weird. Nahiri the Lithomancer. So Nahiri the Lithomancer is $10, which I think I have three copies of this lying around, which is exciting. Um, $3, or sorry, $3. Three colorless and double white for a mythic Planeswalker Nahiri. She comes up with three loyalty. Yes, she can be your commander. Yes, I have seen her work as a commander against all odds. Plus two, put a... Oh. I know, right? Plus plus two, put a 1-1 one, one white core soldier creature token on the battlefield. You may attach an equipment you control to it. Minus two, you may put an equipment card from your hand or graveyard onto the battlefield. Minus ten, put a colorless equipment artifact named Stoneforge Blade on the battlefield. That's indestructible. A creature gets plus five, plus five, and has double strike and equip zero. So there was this weird, I think this is, again, this deck's gone through a lot of iterations and a lot of learning processes, which we'll get to later. And I think there was a part of this where I wanted all my Planeswalkers to deal with both creating creatures and also helping out an equipment thing. 
And I think Nahiri mm. kind of does both, but I don't, I'm not sure she does yeah. both great, right? Um, I like the fact that she gives out a blocker, the fact that you can cut down a put on the battlefield effect of something we didn't talk about, like an uh, Argentium armor or even a sword, like her minus, her minus two just says, uh, play and equip a sword from your hand at one mana discount, right? So sure. like I kind of I kind of like all that, but I think there's something to be said where I don't run a lot of creatures in this deck. I I used to run a package of a lot of token producers, and the fact that the, here the Lithomancer, okay. Lithomancer, excuse me, kind of kind of does a little bit of all these things, kind of kind of sweatily a bit, slimy to sweaty. That's why I think she's still she still has met the deck's requirements. Yeah, I mean, I'm fine with her in here because a, like we've talked about, your commanders go yeah. away. You need stuff to put your equipments on. She does that on her own, and like you said, you can then attach an equipment. You control straight to that token, um, and maybe that's just all you need for that last little bit of damage exactly. to maybe take out a problem thing. So that's great. The minus two. People are gonna remove your equipment. So the fact that you can also get it from graveyard, yes, a humongous plus. Um, the the from hand, I get the Argentum armor type argument, and that does discount it a little bit. Um, I, I think if you had more equipments that were above the six CMC, like those ridiculously expensive yeah. ones, I could see that being a big plus for her. I really just see it as the graveyard yeah. piece being the big one. And it's probably going to be from someone austere commanding. Hey, yep. CMC three or greater or four greater and artifacts. And all yeah. artifacts. Goodbye. Um, at least now you're not like, well, what do I do? I can't just Bruce Tall Bruce Tarl for three to death. And, and there there, um, there so are yeah. parts of this deck where I built there's there was there was a build build of this deck where you you stack it with only high CMC equipment knowing that you're gonna cheat them out. And I think that there's, there, yeah. I, I think that, I don't think that mechanic or that ability, that like sort of deck style really works anymore. So I think there's a few cards left in here that kind of fall prey to that. Sure. All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap up the hops. So now Big Tuck's going to try to loosely explain how the deck wins the game. And uh, Big Tuck, you get to start it. What's your first yeast pretty- card? Because I know for sure we aligned on one. Did we align on a young lass who is protecting? No. I think this is like the maybe the second or third most expensive card in the deck. Alas, who's protecting? Definitely uh, not me. <laughs> well, let me introduce you to my old pal, Bastion Protector. Oh, yeah. Probably one of the best cards in the decks. Two colorless and a white. $23. Yeah, right? Can you believe that? But printed once. Oh uh, two colors and a white for a creature human soldier. Again, it's a rare. That's twenty three dollars from twenty fifteen. Um, commander creatures you control get plus two plus two and have indestructible. As long as I will stand, you will your cause. Literally one of the best cards in the deck. So here's like where it boils down to. You play this after Ishai, right? As you would. And for me, I think this is kind of the same scope of. I like so again now that we're in the yeast honestly like Bruce Tarl is the best yeast card in the deck <laughs> like without doubt <laughs> sure. um, yeah. but like for this where it's like Ashai is starting to get some counters on her people are starting to get scared but you're kind of spreading the love a little bit a little like hey just four here five there whatever when you pop this down that bump of 2-2 two, two, and then most importantly the indestructible is backbreaking. 
And as we talked about, this is in this is again in scope of another like mobile card where okay, well it's turn six, turn seven, turn eight. I play this. Do you want to kill this? And then Ishai can get another attack, or do you want to kill that? Or do you want to kill Ishai? Goes to the graveyard. It comes back out. Now it's indestructible again. Dealer's choice. So I can understand why you want it in the deck. I don't feel like this is a very good yeast card, though, You're... because of the fact that at any point, so if Bastion had some sort of protection itself or hexproof or something, maybe, but like Grand Abolisher, you know, we made the argument, Grand Abolisher is on the stack, yeah, what do right. I do? Get rid of this, get rid of Ishai. But the issue with Grand Abolisher is that, you know, I guess it's the same argument with Bastion because I was just thinking, like, Bastion, they could still interact on your turn, get rid of Bastion, then get rid of Ishai, and that just happens. And I guess Grand Abolisher, they just have to do it before your right. turn. I don't know. I, I This is not a $23 card. No, uh, whoa, I think we can all D, agree on that. D, silently not. <laughs> uh, that makes me upset, because uh, I probably traded my away when you came into town and we gave all my crap. Yeah. Uh, probably gave away, like, $1,000 worth of uplift from then to now. But, yeah, I mean... It's fine. I do think, though, for this deck, it's okay because you run partner commanders. And so when Ishai gets too expensive, right. Bruce Tarl can then come in. And then nah, he's getting indestructible yeah. in the plus two, plus two. Yep. So I think I think in partners, this makes a lot more sense than if I just have the... Like, I would never run this in my Voltron deck because no. eventually my commanders would be too expensive. And it's like, what is this? Yeah. This is a dead card. This might as well read three mana, get a three, yeah. three. So uh, my first pick is going to be... A sword, and it's very vengeful. Ugh. Talking about a great card that I feel like is very underplayed, Sword of Vengeance. Ugh. So three colorless <laughs> artifact equipment. It's good, I'm telling you. Equip creature gets plus two, plus zero. First strike, vigilance, trample, and haste, and it equips for three. Been wielded by a true believer. It matters little whether the sword is relic or a replica. Oh my god! We killed him. I don't know what happened there. I, I think my chemical romance just uh, took over the podcast. <laughs> um, so, uh, no, this this thing's a banger. I, I don't care what you say. Six mana, plus two bump, first strike, vigilance, trample, haste. The, the haste and the trample are the biggest yeah. ones for me because that's banger. Vigilance in a um, Voltron deck is huge. The fact that you get to keep a blocker. Yeah. Then the first strike, even if it's on Bruce on the ground, I'm taking out whatever you're hitting me with, and you get the plus two. It, it just hits on so many levels. And I think for a total six mana investment, for you, you always like to bring it up for 39 cents. There's not a better card in a Voltron deck than Man, that. Man, this is so funny because when I first started playing, I put Sword of Vengeance in almost every deck. Prosh, this deck. Dreddy, almost like El uh, Oh God, uh, Edric, right? And the more this has been one of those cards where, like, effectively, this is almost a uh, spice for me, where it's like I'm just seeing this slowly but surely just like phase out. And sure, indeed, this will be on the cuts. I'm gonna cut your balls. Nice. All right, what's your second one? All right. I, already, I guarantee this is on your cut, and it's because I'm not a good duck builder. 
<lacht> so, so, das geht dann mal. Sunforger. Yep. You're cutting this? Did you go through your deck? Yes, 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 yes. I assume you're cutting this, right? Yes, yes okay. 100%. So I'm, I'm bad at this, and I think I could be better. So Sunforger, for those playing the home game, is three colorless for an artifact, equ artifact equipment. Um, it's a rare for like a dollar. Equipped creature gets plus four, plus zero. Uh, Boros, unattached Sunforger, unattached Sunforger, search your library for a red or white instant card with converted mana cost four or less and cast that card without paying its mana cost and then shuffle your library equipped three. Now, Mr. Combo, I knew, I knew as soon as I said this, I knew you were going to cut this, right? And I almost was because I looked through this and there's been times where I played this where I'm like, huh, well, I guess I'm going to get nothing. But here's the thing. I think that they're I think that I did this deck a disservice because this card is insanely powerful, especially in decks that can run yeah. it that care about it. And I think that I think yeah. there's a pile of cards that I could easily swap out for other ones that would probably make this worth playing. Now, I will tell you there are charm to fairies protection. Yes, yes, there there yes, exactly. There are four cards in the deck I'm pretty sure that I can go get with it. <laughs> Includes Return to Dust, which when I go get it would be just be a better it'd be better to go get Crush Contraband. So, I know I know that this card I know that this card should be cut out of the way this deck is built currently, but there is a lot of easy swaps that can make this card to stay in this deck. I think you can make that argument about many cards that if you just added them to the deck, it'd be worth keeping in. Uh, so I don't have much to say on Sunforger other than I've never seen a deck <laughs> and seen a Sunforger and been like, I'm not scared. <laughs> yeah. like you would plant this down at a game. People would panic and be like, guys, it's okay. Tuck has four cards. <laughs> yes. None of them are He's good. only used three of them. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Maybe it's a source of plowshares left over. Yeah. All right. Uh, so I'll talk about the Planeswalker first, because then I think we can end on the one that I know for a fact. Uh, well, no, There's or no we can end on the one card. that you know for a fact I picked right now. Oh my gosh, three, two, a one. Johnny, a Johnny Call the Bride, yeah! <laughs> Colorless white, white Planeswalker, Johnny Mythic. He's Mythic. Um, plus one, it comes in with four loyalty, about $3. When I picked him up, he was about 10, so good on me. Plus one, put a one one counter on up to one target creature. Minus three, target creature gains flying and double strike until end of turn. Minus eight, put X two two white cat creature tokens onto the battlefield where X is your life total. Ah, uh, yeah, the cards a banger. Yeah. Um, I believe I run it in my Voltron deck oh, as well. Oh, hundred percent. Because it does uh, multiple things. A three mana it goes to five loyalty you're buffing one of your commanders or something right. that's it's not great but it's not bad but the minus three is huge especially since bruce tarl when he comes in or attacks he does the double strike right. and maybe you need to take care of a couple things and it's like well i'm gonna give bruce flying and double strike but then i'm gonna give ishai double strike and then i can go kind of deal with two people at once and you're kind of double voltroning at that exactly point. yeah I, I completely agree and it's this is one of the cards where you don't this you don't have to think about the sequencing as much like the other ones we talked about where it's like you're gonna play this or you go like, 
a shy pass a johnny depending on, depending on what's going yeah. on either buffer and then go uh i think something that we didn't talk about yet or maybe we like might have mentioned every single one of the planeswalkers in this deck the deck functions fine without them so yeah. then like people see planeswalkers come down and see that ultimate and they start getting scared and then instead of attacking you they attack the planeswalker and without idiots with, with, yeah it's like and for me it's like great you just saved me 15 points of damage doesn't matter to me like i have other ways to get these planeswalkers in but the fact that if you can't get bruce down if you need to get in that that extra counter if you need to get in the one more thing it works perfectly for three mana yeah completely agree all right well i don't know how in the hell you didn't pick this one it's the weirdest funkiest card uh in the deck which is kind of your thing world at war oh this card how did you not this card claps so three colorless red red sorcery uh 640 this deck is relatively expensive yeah it's almost it's almost 500 dollars after the first pre after the first post-combat main phase this turn there's an additional combat phase followed by an additional main phase at the beginning of that combat untap all creatures that attack this turn and it has rebound so if you cast yeah. it from your hand exile it as it resolves beginning of your next upkeep you get to cast it for free so this is kind of like a less risky final fortune <laughs> i believe that's the one where you take the extra combat and if Turn, turn yeah. and you lose the game at the end of that at that game so it's like you're getting that extra combat you know uh or i better this it's aggravated assault without having to put in that extra five mana to get that additional combat you just get it for free the next turn as long as someone's not playing lavinia um so yeah i like it i could see this definitely being a game winner because voltron with commanders being only at 21 it very well may be like okay you only have four points of damage I could get you to 18. Haha, World of War is in hand. Let's do that. You thought you were free. Now you're dead. Yeah. And the next turn, it's going to yeah. happen again. So now, now granted, that does put the sights a little bit more on you. So if it's late game, you're probably not going to survive <laughs> that rotation unless you have a good defense. But uh, then that sets it up for your turn two to possibly kill someone else as well. Uh, 100%. And this is like, there's, there's a lot, there's a fair amount of cards in here. And not really, like, I would say now I've rolled it down to, like, maybe five that were, like, if if Narset, the former commander, hits this card, it's over. And, like, waves of, like yeah. World of War was one of them. But even then, it's, like, mm. Relentless Assault, or um, there's other cards that just say, like, you get an extra combat with no additional with no additional upside. And, like you said, if I cast this card, I should win. This is... Yeah. If, if you're not winning or at least killing an opponent, I think that, like, you I weren't going to win the game. Anyways. Mr. Combo, I think you had the you had a, this might as well. Well, what's better, this or Final Fortune? Because they they accomplish almost the exact same thing. Either I win on this turn, mm -hmm. or I I win on this turn, or I lose. Right? Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. All right. Well, uh, that's gonna wrap up the East package, you guys. Now we're gonna head over to Spice. Not a lot of options. There was five. That's, That's more I was gonna say we're getting back up to the healthy levels. I'm talking about one of my favorite bird wizards. Oh, yeah. I love this card, Avon Mind Sensor, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you can't search. You thought shit. you were cute. Uh, let's go. You thought you were cute. <laughs> <laughs> two colorless white creature bird wizard. Two one. 
Uh, it has flash. You can play it at instant speed. It has flying. Irrelevant. Uh, here's the relevant part. If an opponent would search a library, a library, a library, so that does stop opposition agents, that player searches the top four cards of that library instead. So you thought you were going to be cute doing your tutor, and then you thought you were going to be cute doing your opposition agent. Well, I'm going to be cute and Ava. Now, Mr. Combo, is that the extent of the card? It is not. not a point. I want to hear right. these voices you've been working on. I haven't been working on them. I just they're great. They're all they're to great. The only question we need is to ask how best to fulfill the will of the God Fear. How do you? How do you know this? How do you do this stuff? I don't know. Uh, for some reason, I saw the card. I was like, okay, yeah. voice. I feel like it has to be like the weird monkey things from the Wizard of Oz. Let's very, go very it. good. Very good. So yeah, the card the card's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, and I think it's one of those cards that frustrates people, but it's not going to put anyone on tilt unless it's like they're trying to land fetch, which it seems like it seems like everyone's like, hey, you can't fetch, but land fetching is okay. Like. You. All fetching is like fetching, uh, so that's yeah. all. You should get upset equally this, about all so, of it. But at least you get to look at the top. Four. So this card, so the, the, you have the problem. With this deck is it really, it really doesn't have an answer to fast decks either in tokens and or outside of propaganda or like fast spell slinger, slinging through the cards in your deck. So even mindsets are for three mana and also just being a creature that you can throw away later in the game to save yourself. Sure, totally makes sense. Yep. All right, Tuck. What's All your right, spice? So this is one of this is a card that has won me the game on turn five before. It is not a Titan because that card's trash. We'll be talking about that soon. Uh, but it is Ageless. We are talking about our old pal Medumai the Ageless, four colorless and Azorius, white blue, four four legendary creature Sphinx. It's a myth. Uh, for about a buck thirty-seven, flying. Whenever it, whenever Metamai the Ageless deals da combat damage to a player, take an extra turn after this one. Metamai the Ageless can't attack during extra turns. So, how has this won you the game? Honestly, like I can't remember. You I can't know. remember the ins and outs <laughs> of it, but I know for a fact there was some gimmick that I did in this deck where okay. I I did. Oh, oh, I remember this one. So. I was playing in Chicago. Here we are. And I got Ojatai out screaming fast, like maybe turn three. Running up, running down, doing all my things, right? It was like a 2020. No one had anything. The next turn, somehow I gave this indestructible argument uh, haste, slammed into someone, knocked them out, slammed into another person, knocked them out with the bird, took an extra turn, knocked another person out. So this to me is like the 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 perfect embodiment of a spice card. It doesn't do anything. Like let's be clear here. It doesn't do much, right? It's a four four flyer for yeah. six. That if it gets to attack, maybe you get to do something, right? But for me, yeah, the conditions are the conditions allow such that. If you can, it, it's, I think this card is in similar scope to World of War, where you're doing damage, and if you just need to take that extra turn, if you just need that little bit more, this card can get you in there. Now, I have played this deck, I saw this card maybe three times in Chicago. I played this deck maybe six times since. 
I have never seen it. I've never drawn it. Are you positive? I, it's I, it, it, I'm not. I'm, I'm not be honest with you. I'm not. It could be gone. It could be. It could be in uh, the Godfather's beard. But Meta by the Ageless is is a great spice card and has actually won me the game before. If you can believe. Yeah, I mean, I think it's fine. I think for six mana and you want an extra turn, there's better blue. Extra let me let me tell you. Like, there. let's talk about this. You tell me, you find me another card that is dripping in sweat is this card in the deck and I'll go over and shake your hand. <laughs> I definitely can't do that, especially your sweaty, dripping hand. All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap up the spice package. Now we're going to head over to the bottle capping. And as a reminder, it's going to be Big Tux and I's cuts and ads of the deck. They're going to be under $5, under 50 and a no-budget recommendation. We just can't talk about mana only. So do I, can, I get a, can I get a free, because this deck's so old, can I get a free one? No, you don't get no, a free one. There's just, no just give me a free one, real quick. What do you think this is, communist Russia? Give me, give me, no, they're hacking us right now. How could you mention them by name? Give me a free one, Mr. Combo. Come on, give me a quick one. All right, you're going to like this. I'm going to cut Brainstorm, which I know you're into, and I'm going to cut it for a card that I have made mention on many times that I hate, Whirlwind the Thought. I, I know you do, which is why I thought this would be a free one. So Brainstorm is pay one blue, draw three, put two back from your hand. Whirlwind the Thought is colorless and just guy, blue, red, white. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, draw a card. It's not set circle to meditate. Tanny Dragon Lean smiled around her, conjuring thoughts of ancient clans. You know what's funny? What's up? That was almost one of my ads. Was it? Yeah, I thought, I, I knew it. I, I knew it so yeah so i'm starting to turn around of these one mana cantrips into things that will get me more longer i think i have 14 creatures in the deck the rest of it is all equipments and yep. responses so to me i'm gonna do it i'm gonna i said i hate where we won the thought here you are i hope you're happy collective i am <laughs> i'm happy the collective's happy uh because that is a card draw spell i would play because it's not one and done because <laughs> it doesn't say it doesn't say cats a spell draw card <laughs> all right uh well big tuck we always start with uh the owner of the deck yeah. for the first cut uh what are you gonna cut for under five and what are you gonna add i mean like let's talk let's let's talk about it he's blue he's big he's probably got a big schlong what are you what, what, what are you cutting for? I'm not cutting him. What? I know. Wow. You have other trash in your deck. <laughs> you have to deal with it. All right. I'm I'm cutting Frost Titan. It's four colorless, double blue for a six six. It's a mythic question mark. Um, <laughs> whenever he becomes the target of a spell or an ability in opponent controls, that counter that spell or ability unless it controls phase two when it enters the battlefield or attacks. Talk, tap target permanent. It doesn't untap during its controller's un next untap step. Now, I will say in Frost Titan's defense for this deck, we did talk about multiple times how you need backup creatures for Voltron. He does have some level of protection on him from targeted from your opponents. So in yeah. his defense, he is a big 6-6 six, six body that could tap down a blocker and is more difficult for targeted removal. That being said, it is a trash card. <laughs> So I thought when I built this deck, I thought it'd be really cute to have each one of the Titan cycles that were legal in it, right? Like um, the the Gear Hulk cycle, this sure. Titan cycle, the rest of them. And then I realized it was trash, uh, especially because Inferno Titan is unplayable. 
So um, yes. I'm going to cut the CMC, the CMD down for, uh, this is two weeks in a row, I think, for he's a little lizard baby boy, Candice Emberclaw, familiar. Cards in real. Colorless in red for a legendary creature elemental lizard. Whenever a commander you control deals combat damage to an opponent, deals that much damage to each other opponent. And it's got partner, which doesn't matter. It's 17 cents. This little bastard does so much work <laughs> in all these decks, especially considering that when, so we, we didn't really talk about Bruce Tarwell because we don't need to, but like if, if you are dealing big old damage with Ishai with lifelink, you're going to get that life back with this two drop that no one yeah. in the right mind is going to remove. <laughs> Like I mean, you're not wrong, right? Like unless they have a fatal push and they don't, they didn't get a creature that died that turn. So for me, like if you look at the, if you look at the, if you, I like this idea of having these backup commanders in the deck, right? The Frost Titans yeah. of the world, the Sun Titan, which actually kind of works because there's like a lot of equipment. But the problem is they're still not dealing combat damage, or they're still not dealing commander damage, right? So this little lizard turns your commanders even into more potent bastards, even if you have to sacrifice a shy and then try to win with Brewstall. Yeah. No, I, th I think it's good. Um, it makes sense. And it honestly fills in very well with the one that I'm going to do. Um, and I like the fact that he costs, he doesn't cost a lot of mana to do. Um, yes, you're not going to get the Voltron kill on everyone simultaneously because it has to be combat yep. damage. But like you said, you got the lifelink. I mean, that's a crap ton of life and mm -hmm. we've talked about how people are going to be targeting you left and right so makes sense take it all, all right, right what do you got cutting sun forger not going to get into it that's it already frustrated me listen to, listen to no ends listen to me look me in the face you're not wrong <laughs> but you know where it is you're not very wrong. very good for the deck jessica thrice reborn oh my oh i didn't even in. think about that two colorless red legendary planeswalker jessica for about five bucks or 429 uh, <laughs> right, right on the board right there uh so this comes in with no loyalty but it, and so when I saw this card get previewed, I'm like, well, you have to run her as a commander because it would suck any other way unless you're playing another partner deck, which then it's f***ing perfect for. It ETBs with a loyalty counter on it for each time you've cast a commander from the command zone this game, and it can be your commander and it does have partner. But here's why it's amazing, guys. It does have a minus X, uh, deals X damage to each of up to three targets, BS. The zero, choose target creature until your next turn. If that creature would deal combat damage to one of your opponents, it deals triple that damage to that yeah. player instead. So hold on, let me rephrase that. <laughs> zero, choose target creature until your next turn. If that creature would deal combat damage to one of your opponents, it kills that opponent from the game. <laughs> yeah, that's... Three mana. So I'm on board with that for a lot of reasons. Um, one being... I don't have to completely restructure the hops and grains of the deck, so <laughs> that's exciting. And yeah, it's just a beating. Like I think that card's I think this card is really good. And when I got spoiled, I was like, this this has to work in a lot of decks, and this one it works flawlessly. It's also a planeswalker, so it's gonna suck up an attack if you want to. Go ahead. Yeah, I completely agree. And the nice thing is that you could literally just have Bruce on the battlefield 
play this for three, it's dealing 18 damage to someone. Yeah. Maybe you have Another the strike. If you have the little baby, uh, the little baby boy, it deals even more. I like it. Thank you, Commander yeah. Legends. You made you made Voltron work. <laughs> All right, Tuck under fifty. What are you gonna cut? What you gonna add? So I'm actually gonna cut a card which we've talked about a lot, but I don't think it's in the right deck. I'm actually gonna cut Mystic Confluence. Oh, interesting. So three colors, double blue. It's a rare time shifted rare. Squee McGee is on board. Uh, wow, Squee appeared. Hello, there he is. Oh, I popped out of the Pokeball. I'm back. Uh, yes, it was dark and cold in there, just the way you like it. Uh, choose three. You may choose the same mode more than once. Target spell, um, counter target spell, unless it's controller pays three. Return target creature to its owner's hand, draw a card. This card is really good. It's a really good card, but it doesn't really help me. But I, I think it protects your commanders from spells. It protects you from dying by bouncing creatures, and it draws you cards, which you know you and I are both allergic to. Correct. So, but um, I think I don't know. I think there's a better one. And our sets reversal. Well, close, very close. But this one will usually be free for me. I'm gonna swat up my tail oh. with the deflecting slot. Yeah. yeah, two colors and a red. That's an instant. If you control a commander, you may cast a spell without paying its mana cost. They choose two new targets for target spell or ability. Archmage attacks a little more than annoyances to Kalamax. So yeah, I mean like I'm gonna have I'm gonna have my commanders out. And if you try to get rid of them, I'm I need to cast a spell. So um yeah. I will say this as well, like it's just a good card. So coming out on record, I'm finally breaking the parody of things that I've been arguing against for, I would wager to guess, four years. Ooh. This is a big one for all the people listening. I'm going to buy a $4 copy of Deflecting Swat. You're going to buy a playtest card? Is that, what, is that what we're calling on this podcast? Yeah. Yeah. So not only... Oh, wait, I'm, sorry. Hold on. Do you own a copy? Yes. Oh, okay, so it is a playtest card then. Okay, so I, I have now come to the point in my magic collection, especially as I look over there, it's all perfectly organized, and I don't care about it, that I now own more magic cards than I ever want to, and I am done paying prices for them. So yes, I am now on board with, if you own a copy of the card and don't abuse it, buy your playtest versions. I'll be buying one of these for $4 from Etsy. I also just have go. to, just joining in here, go on record, cannot count off the top of my head how many times you've been appalled at a card being $2, 250 3 4 is pretty high in your budget there, buddy. I know. I'm a new man. I'm a new man. New man. New man, new underwear. Facts. All right. New man, uh, same underwear. So what about that? Cutting another card makes zero sense in this deck because you don't even have the other two pieces for it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, don't know what the hell you're thinking with having Sword of Cauldra in here without the other two Cauldra pieces. Like, how would you do that? That's like having Sunforger with no nothing to go fetch for it. Oh, wait, you did that. So we're cutting Sword of Cauldra. This is four colorless legendary artifact equipment. I, I believe Tomer is rolling in his grave right now because he always wants people to assemble Cauldra. Uh, it's a rare for about 1360. Equipped creature gets plus five, plus five, which is nice. Whatever equipped creature deals combat damage to a creature, remove that creature from the game. Meh. 
People are probably chumping with tokens, so who cares? And equipped for four. Eight mana, not worth Mr. it. Mr. Kama, I was, a chi I was a child. This, all the swords were $30. This 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 Sword of Caldera might as well read Sword of War and Peace. <laughs> all right, but I am going to replace it with an expensive card. Oh, no. But I do think it's actually good. I don't know if you own a copy, but you should. Uh, Champion's Helm. Three mana, artifact equipment, rare. Equipped creature gets plus two, plus two. Equipped for one. As long as equipped creature is legendary, it yeah. has hexproof. That's real good, man. Yeah, Especially it's when you're it's using really your commanders good. to do all the stuff. $27 is your cheapest print. But that's so, okay. You're right. I'm on board with that. But here's the thing where it's like, if I spend $27 on this card, there's probably four decks that I would be willing to proxy it into or uh, play test it into, if you will. Yeah. It's kind of the same argument okay. with like uh, Sword of Fire and Ice that I have, right? See, but here's the thing. Like, you know, I, I own multiple copies of all the eight yes. rules, but I don't, ha I don't have them in every single, I don't have them play tested in right. every yeah, single yeah. deck that can run it because I don't need it. And I don't even do it as a restriction to myself. It's more like I want to save the play test copies I've bought for other decks I care about type thing. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not going to put a Bayou in Pelucranos, even though I think it, it has a Pelucranos, <laughs> even though I think it has Bayou. Yeah, but it probably, ha it probably <laughs> has. Like, yeah, 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 I hear you. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think it actually, I think it actually has a real Bayou in the deck, to be honest. Oh, no. Um, Oh, seriously yeah. need to need to pull that <laughs> but anyways yeah. i think that's fine because yeah. champion's helm isn't something that you're going to put like the argument can be made that mana crypt goes in every single correct way. it's a free soul ring I, I you would be getting real sweaty to say you need champion's helm in all your decks i think like maybe two right maybe yeah. and i think that's fine yeah i think it's ones that like that you need it's like your commander means everything and like yes a Voltron deck normally in Commander means that you want your commanders out there, but you can still Voltron kill people without it. Correct. Right. I just think this would be yes. a better option, and it keeps you with getting more equipment, which I think is big, especially since I cut uh, an equipment for it. Right. So, Champion's Helm over Solar Cauldra, book it. All right. Well, I'm so okay. So I've had. Oof. I feel like I, I feel like I'm a new man. I'm on board with all of this. Especially after the conversation I have with Ross today. So I'm also going to be cutting Sword of Cauldron up. Okay. For the exact same reasons. It's nice, but it doesn't really get you there, right? I was going to I was gonna cut... Um, uh, what is that called? Hold on. Sword, I was going to cut Sword of Vengeance. But honestly, I think Sword of Vengeance is better than Sword of Cauldron. Oh, 100%. Right? Yeah. Especially with this guy. So... I'm gonna cut it with another card that I already own, and which is gonna put this, this one equipment is gonna put this card over the top. Sort of Feast of Famine. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Sure. And this and this was the, I was like, so okay, Sword of Feast of Famine, three colors, artifact, equipment, it's a mythic for like $50. Equipped creature gets plus two, plus two, and has protection for black and green. Whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, that player discards a card and you untap all lanes you control equipped to. So um, we made mention on the podcast uh, a couple months ago how I like I'd been rucking and then the sword and then the sun destroyed my brain, right? And then it gave me horrible yeah. foot pain. So today I've kind of recovered and like due to everything, I was like out rucking again. And it just like snapped. And, like I had this like weird snap epiphany, like epiphany when I was thinking about this deck where I was like, 
Sword of Feast of Bam would be incredible. Oh shit, it's $50. I don't want to spend that. Wait a minute. I already own a, I already own a Sword of Feast of Famine. I cracked it in a pack that Squee was there to help me quack. Crack. It was. Like, quack. Quack. I like, I like quack. quack. It's better. I also quack, quack, have a quack, copy of this if you need an additional one be willing to negotiate or it's like i think it's okay obviously it's a straight upgrade to sold a cauldron if you're running cauldron you have to run all the cauldron pieces but i think this thing yeah. this this was like a big this was the card this this cut was the one to be like as long as you own a copy of the card that you can show me i'm on board with it See, I love how it changes once Tuck is the one that's like, ooh, do I really want to spend the money? And now he sees <laughs> it like, gosh, the deck's kind of hit the ceiling and it's I like, need mm. these expensive cards. Okay, it's fine now. Even though he guilted Mr. Combo not uh, 20 months ago to drunkenly spend like two grand on cards that he had play tested. Uh, now, to so, be fair, there were some of those cards you did not have. No, I owned them all. You did? I owned them all. Yeah. Now, granted, I'm not that mad at you now because I bought those guys' cradles for like two fifty. Oh yeah, I was saying you're paying those. Yeah. Yeah, you it's should. Fun, you so. should be. You should be paying me. <laughs> <laughs> and Tuck, if you're willing to open your wallet on Scryfall, hit View All Prints, second row, uh, second from the right or second from the left, you can see the elusive promo that there's only a handful made of, and I think they sell for about five, six grand. No big oh, deal. sort of piece of famines? <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. So money. All right. So long story longer. I'm I'm kind of turning around. I talked to Mar I talked to Rocketing Rocketing Mars. I talked to Marketing I talked to Rocketing Mars. I like I like Rocketing Mars. I'm done. We're doing it. Proxies. Oh, All right. Uh, Marketing Ross, you also now need to change your Discording name. Discording name. Rocketing Ross. You're killing us all Jesus, here. Jesus, what is wrong with you guys? Rocketing Moss. Rocketing Moss. Hey, I, I got an excuse. I, I, I just got off work. I, I, I would dimension. All, right. all right, your last cut. All right. All right. I'm cutting Reverberate. So really? stupid to have in this deck. Really? Yeah. For, for this deck, it's stupid. So, red, red, instant, copy target, instant sorcery spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. Not bad. But I can think of better use for that. Manager and that's what I'm thinking of this card. It's not bad. This could probably go in a different deck. Um, uh, Reverberate is a lot like Sepulchrum Primordial to me. Don't run it based on what your opponents are doing only. You should also run it because you have stuff in your deck that you would also like to copy. Now, mm. if you told me Narset's Reversal over Reverberate, then maybe I can get on board. But a Reverberate's not going to save you from a board wipe. It's just, it's not. Yeah. Um, I, I, so I will I, also give you this to your point. I'm pretty sure when I put this in the stack, I didn't own another copy of counterspell. Oh, okay. So, cause that was an expensive card. It, it I mean, $5 for God's sake. Did not, proxy oh God. The point, but the point, the point to, to your, to your point, Mr. Combo. Yes. Cut it. <laughs> to your point, yes. All right. And I actually, I'm glad you did Feast and Famine because I wanted to do a sword and I was like, Tuck's going to give me so much shit for this. Like, oh, of course you did a sword. <laughs> uh, so I did a sword anyway. Is it anyways. fire and ice or what? Uh, light and shadow. Oh, nice. And yeah. And I, I got, and it's kind of the reasons I like Sinew and Steel, but it also does a little bit more too. Um, and believe it or not, this does work in my Voltron deck. 
So Sword of Light and Shadows, three colorless, equipped for two, it's a mythic. You can pick one up for about $17, yeah. which isn't bad. The Grip Creature gets plus two, plus two, and has protection from white and black. When it deals combat damage to a player, you gain three life, important in a Voltron deck, because people are gonna be hitting you, but then you may return up to one target creature card from your graveyard to your hand. You talked about how you don't have a lot of creatures in the deck. Right. Well, the nice thing is people are going to take out your Arulia the War Leader because then they just die when yeah. you get her back. Your Grand Abolishers of the World, uh, your Yeasty Goto Bandit Warlord. Uh, I mean, there's just so many things. You could even do it, Tuck, and I've done this in my mono white deck. Get Burnish Heart and yeah. then recast it. I'm going to ramp again. Yeah. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. But I think it's top end is you're getting back like Sun Titan. If someone milled out your Thassa, you're getting Thassa back right. to hand. I, I think when you have such a minimal amount of creatures, you would think it's the opposite. Well, I don't really want reanimation stuff because I'm not going to usually have targets. But I think if you look at it from the... Now, if you're doing like a Planeswalker deck and you have two creatures in the deck, yeah. then it's stupid. Don't do that. But you have 15 plus your commanders. So it could be like, God, Ishai is going to cost me 14 next turn. I'm not paying that. Throw her to the graveyard. Maybe I get her back with Light and Shadow. Cast her for four. Yeah, I agree. So I, I think it. I think it could do a lot, and especially at a seventeen dollars price point, I think it's going to push you. Yeah, I, I, I'm on board with all of it, right? And like, I was looking through it, and I think that you could have, like, you could make the same argument for like fire ice in the stack, where you burn a thing, draw a card, all that stuff. And mm -hmm. I think that yours in particular feeds into the creatures that I have in the stack. Um, even if I get the little baby buzzle, even if someone shocks the little baby. Uh, the little baby buzzard lizard. Then you okay there? I'm just trying to because I know little baby potentially bubble stroking cat. out. It's fine. He's fine. Everybody. Little baby bubble lizard. If they shock him, then or sort of fire and ice him, then getting him back is going to win me the game. So yeah, like that's mm -hmm. so. I'm 100 on board. Then the last thing I'll say is I'm missing three swords in my collection. War and Peace, Light and Shadow, Fire and Ice. I think I can pick them up for around $50. And then, baby. Oh, nice. To the proxy train on Etsy. Thank you, Marketing Ross. Or rather, what was it? Rocketing Mars? Rocketing Moss. Rocketing Marsh? Moss. Well, Rocketing Mars is going to take us till the end of the episode. And as promised, here's some details about the giveaway, guys, from Sponsor Level 1. We're actually giving away non-drum roll, please. A time spiral booster set thingamabob i don't know exactly Whoa. what you want to call Wait, it what? gift pack it's like about it's like the time spiral gift box thingamabob that they do for all the new sets you know they give us like the little pre-release kit and mm -hmm. then they got like some packs and then they got like mm -hmm. the promo pack it's a little little giveaway with time spiral okay, nice. so i have an idea for this because i really like the way you've presented this thingamabob uh I think when we do send it to the winner, we need to repackage it all into a thingamabob box and then send that out. Well, all of you are going to be wondering what a thingamabox is along with me. Hopefully, it's not just a used condom box. Could be. To enter, it's super simple. Just promote the content we do. You get an entry for every interaction you do with us on social media. Uh, plus, by following all our accounts, whether it be on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook page, all that good stuff. Plus, being a part of our patron community. We will announce the winner on MTG Action 4 News, April 6th, and social media soon after. And yes, these giveaways will be happening every month. Just support Level 1, and they'll support you. We would love a five-star review, and for you to hit that subscribe button. Uh, it definitely helps other people find 
our content and infect them into the collective. Because eventually we're going to overtake redacted podcasts. That's just yes. what's going to happen. I mean, it's clear. It's very clear to me. Because we clearly are getting that funding from Watsy. <sighs> Uh, if you would like to reach out to us and find more ways you can enter into the contest, here's how you can do that. You can reach me at MrCromodum5 on Twitter, all spelled out except for the five. Big Tuck, where can they find you? So, at Big Tuck tweeting, um, I made a couple of tweets this week. Ooh. Uh, you can reach our main account at CMD Tower on Twitter as well. We also have a website where the deck list will be posted. People always comment on the podcast and YouTube. Where's the deck list? It's on the article on the site cmdtower.com slash bnbe81 basically just type in cyclonic rift mindstone darksteel mutation tower.com squeamy gee if people want to find out how to get a hold of your pokey self how would they do that oh that sounded perverted oh my uh yeah that does sound a little weird but uh i guess if you if you want to figure that whole thing out go ahead and email me it's at cmdtower.com also keep an eye and an ear out dear squeeze back oh yes Dear Squee is back. He does all the audio stuff for the channel, and he would love to work with you and your content, so hit him up. It'd be nice. Uh, but hey, guys, these monthly giveaways, they aren't free. Uh, every time I, I go and pick it up from level one, I do give a bit of my plasma. So it'd be great if you guys could hook up our sponsor with the orders you're already doing at level1gameshop.com. When you place an order in the order notes, just type in CMD Tower Plasma so they know that you came from <laughs> the collective and Mr. Combo number five's biology, I guess. However you did. Yeah, that, we're moving on. I'm now I'm I, I could say my words correctly, but now my thoughts are going out awry <laughs> uh, outside of their own storefront. They do have a TCG store, bunch of singles, bunch of stuff that you need for for all the games that you're doing. Seriously, go promote them because they are rock stars. If you would like to actually help us out with money, patron.com slash CMD Tower. Uh, we have four different tiers, and all of the tiers directly goes into supporting the podcast to uh, buying, uh, you know, us upgraded equipment so the stuff sounds better, because I bet you guys can tell the difference between me now versus me six months ago. Um, I know Squee can, because he has to do the audio editing, and it made him cringe. Yes. Uh, plus, we do uh, we don't always create new swag for you guys that you get as being a part of the patron community. So, playmats, sleeves uh coins reminder tokens i think the next one i want to do is like a dice tower that's like cmd tower Ooh, I think yeah that'd be pretty sweet like that one that you have in your basement right yeah yeah uh and then, and then we could like have us hidden like in spots on it yeah get weird all right uh plus every tier gives you additional entries in the monthly giveaways uh if you guys can't help us out from a consistent monthly perspective but you would like to actually get the swag though just head over cmdtower.com slash merch we sell everything on there uh the shipping's very reasonable uh try to usually ship out stuff you know within the week of you placing the order uh just because you know we all have uh irl jobs but everyone from the collective that has gotten their stuff and people that aren't part of the collective have all ranted and raved especially about the get up and fight sit and tight squeeze coin let me and tell of course you. it's a beauty squeeze coin five dollars it's going up and of course thank you again to pink royal for the music provided in the episode and t coach you son of a bitch <laughs> thank you for doing the video editing you're a rock star uh continue to do it um and you guys continue to watch it so big tuck the bird of the bro, bird of the bro. how do you feel voltron month 
it's still it's still not like terrible like i i'm not like i don't leave here <laughs> feeling like greasy and like bad about myself but i think that this deck is is truly a deck of its time right i think yeah. i think like the the cuts that we talked about especially you know a, a couple of yours jessica is gonna be a slam dunk sort of light and shadow slam dunk um you know the little baby ba- the little baby Bubble Wizard's gonna be a slam dunk. So yeah, like I, I think it's still a deck. It's it's still a deck I like to play, but I could like it's it's gonna go from one. I'm hoping it's gonna go from one to be like, oh, I'm kind of tired. Here's this deck, as opposed to being one where it's like, oh, now I have these interactions, these things to think about. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, no, I think some of the changes that we've talked about would definitely help it. I think there needs way more deck therapy done to it. It might need a few. <laughs> How uh, dare you? How and, dare and you? Jobs. Uh, Bruce is looking a little thick around the waist. We might need to take out some of that fluff. Uh, <laughs> he's, a, he's, so, a, he's just like uh, me. He's just a big, strong man who doesn't know what he's doing. But I think if you it literally just did cut for add with what we talked about today, yeah. so it'd be a total of 12, 12 cards, give or take. I think you would actually see an improvement. Yeah, 100%. Um, and I think then it would kind of push you closer to like, what are you trying to do with the deck? Because I could definitely see down the line you getting rid of the aura piece of it and having yeah. it be more equipment. Um, but then you're gonna have to figure out ways to get your equipment out of the yard more frequently right. when they get blown up. Totally. So I definitely think there's a cool build to be had of this deck and I can't wait to see it. Yeah. All right, guys. Well. Mr. Karma number five out.